So today, I am talking with a new friend, Everett Worthington. Ev is, uh, I think this is accurate, Emeritus, uh, Emeritus Professor of Psychology, Virginia Commonwealth University. Um, probably the guru of research on forgiveness in our day. I got to meet Ev, although I'd heard about him for a long time, at a Templeton event several months ago. And um, many, many folks who are Christians doing academic work in psychology, research, look to Ev as uh, uh, kind of a, a father figure and uh, someone who's been very helpful in training them to do research. And so, um, so Ev, thank you very much for joining us. I'm super grateful and very excited. Yeah, well, it's my pleasure. I, I think these days people are looking more at me as a grandfather figure. Uh, but uh, well, I, I'm quite I'm quite familiar with that response. So it's better than the alternative. That's yeah, true. Um, uh, Ev, you've written I don't know how many scores of articles, all kinds of material on forgiveness. And uh, I, I'd love to start by just asking what prompted your interest in this subject? We're all uh, at Become New in this little online community that we're all a part of. We're, we're trying to journey towards becoming more forgiving people. What, what sparked your uh, pursuit of that? Well, of course, uh, being a Christian for a long period, uh, forgiveness was important. I practiced that. I hadn't thought about it very systematically, just as a regular Christian. And then I uh, got licensed as a clinical psychologist and began to uh, do a practice that was oriented exclusively toward couples. And uh, hmm. yeah, it didn't take very many couples before forgiveness suddenly became a major issue in almost every <laughs> single couple that I ever counseled. So, uh, so that really got me interested. And, uh, and then there was this moment where I was supervising a doctoral student. His name was Don, Don Dancer. He became a wonderful therapist. Uh, but, but Don is seeing this couple and they're not getting any better. And I said, Don, what, what's wrong? And he goes, wow, you know, we, we've taught them this hope focused approach that you have. And, you know, we've gone through all these and, they just hate each other. <laughs> they've got all these things that they've done that they can't forgive. And now this is the 1980s and the things are not like they are today in academia. And so uh, I said, well, Don, then I guess we need to make up a little intervention to help them forgive. And I can remember suddenly Don's eyes went, you know, and he goes, can we do that in a second? University? And I said, what? sure, we can do that. We won't tell anybody, you know, I, I'm the supervisor. Yeah. So we, we just shut the door and, you know, so we sat there and we made up a little intervention to help people forgive. And uh, I ended up writing that up uh, in a, in an article and, uh, and Mike McCullough, a new graduate student that is turned out to be one of the great psychologists that is, you know, like pop, two or 300 in the world uh, in terms of publication. But Mike came along and he wanted to do research in forgiveness. And so here I am kind of having clinical expertise in this and practical experience as a Christian, but I'm listening to Mike, you know, and I'm doing the thing that the professors do, you know, 
and uh, you know, but I'm not understanding what he's saying. And so as soon as he leaves our weekly meeting, I'm like running over to the library, you know, getting in the stacks with the dust all over me and reading this book to, or, you know, to keep up with this bright graduate mm-hmm. student. And so Mike came along and then Steve Sandage came along right after him and Jen Ripley came along. They all had different slants on forgiveness, which meant three trips to the library every week. Uh-huh. And out of self-defense yeah. at trying to keep up with these bright graduate students, I uh, eventually broke down and had to learn this stuff myself. So Now, everybody listening right now, especially people who are married are wondering, what is the intervention that you guys came up with to help this couple that just hated each other? Yeah, you know, it's, it's funny. It's like um, <clears throat> what we did was we, we said to them, it sounds like you all each have a lot of, you know, things that you're not able to forgive each other for. And they're both like, yeah, yeah, right, right. And maybe we ought to spend some time working on forgiveness next week. And this is like the end of a session. And, you know, and, and they're like, yes, we should. You know, she really needs forgiveness <laughs> for all these things that she's done to me. And she's thinking the same thing, you know. And, uh, <clears throat> and so once they agreed to that very enthusiastically, then uh, we said, so we would like this, uh, you know, I'd like this week for you to just make a list of things that you would like to confess to your partner that you've done to hurt them over the years. And both of them suddenly have this deer in the headlights look like this is not the way that I wrote this up in my mind, you know? And so, you know, they would do this and, the next day, the next week, when they would come, we would have them hold hands and, you know, they could look at their notes in their lap if they wanted, but, and they would take time take turns just confessing things that they had done. And we told them, you know, I know you have to think about these things. You So don't just rush into saying, I forgive you, you know, uh, you might as well said, uh, don't, let tell the wind not to blow, you know, because as soon as they <laughs> confess, you know, the, the wrongdoing, they almost always spontaneously said, I, I forgive you for this. There, wow. there was a one couple in particular that Fred de Blasio, uh, Fred, Fred was a, uh, is, is a researcher on forgiveness and a clinician. And he, it was here at VCR supervising his uh, practice. And uh, when we wrote this article up, Fred told this story about this couple that were confessing. They started confessing things, and it was like deep wounds that they had done. And, and they were both getting emotional. And Fred said, I feel like I am intruding on sacred space here. I am going to give you like 10 minutes to confess to each other and I'm going to step out of the room and I'll, I'll knock when I come back. So he gave him these 10 minutes. He knocked and he, they said, come in. And they were, they had pushed the chairs out of the way and they were kneeling in the middle of the room, holding on to each other. And Fred said there was 
there were tears in a circle all around them where they had both been just crying as they confessed and forgave these things that had tortured them for years, really. So it was a powerful little intervention. So I want to just pause here and say a word to everybody listening to us. As you're talking about this, it reminds me so much of the statement Jesus makes in the Sermon on the Mount where he says, if you're bringing something to the altar as an act of worship to sacrifice, which was kind of the most sacred moment they can imagine, but you remember somebody has something against you, then just leave the altar and go to that person and seek to make things right. That somehow uh, when we seek to pursue confession, forgiveness, reconciliation with other people, we'll get into the differences of those things. But when we seek that, that's an even holier moment an even higher priority. So uh, my invitation to everybody today is uh, let's, let's work on that single step that Ev talked about. Think about some relation in your life could be a relative or a friend or uh, somebody, a coworker. Think of at least one thing that that person might have against me something that I have done wrong and uh, that I might be able to go to them and say, I'm sorry for this and set things right. Just uh, one of those items doesn't have to be a big one. Don't start with a real, real big one. Uh, Be aware of it. Ask God to give you guidance about how to approach that person and you will be standing on holy ground. And then we'll pursue this the next time. Thanks for joining us. At Become New, we want to grow spiritually one day at a time, but it's tough to do that alone. So we're offering a little more support for anyone who would like to work on putting the content into practice. You can sign up to receive a text at the end of each week in this series, asking if you completed the here's how portion for that week. If you want, you can reply to the text and let us know how it went, or if you need prayer in taking those action steps. To sign up for the end of week reminder, just text the word MORE to 855-888-0444 and we'll put you on the list. As always, to receive the emails or video links by text, you can let us know at becomenew.com slash subscribe. If you're already signed up for the emails but aren't getting them, try checking your spam folder or better yet, you can add us to your contact list. Our email address is connect at becomenew.com. If you need prayer, we're here for you. Text your specific prayer request to 855-888-0444. There's a team of us who meet each weekday to pray specifically over every person who sends a text in. We'll catch you next time.